Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why? I uh, write on the board. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to John chapter seven? While you're turning there, I would like to thank Pastor Shepherd for this opportunity uh, to stand before you tonight. And also, I want to acknowledge Sister Shepherd. You know, there's just not a finer quality lady in our church than this lady right here. She lives it. She's sincere. And I tell you, you can go to her for anything, and she will give you a word of encouragement. And we love Sister Shepherd, and we are proud that she's our first lady. Amen? Amen. Yes, that's right. Give her a hand clap. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't you like what you feel in this place today? There truly is a wonderful presence of the Lord, and I'm so thankful that he visits us with his presence, aren't you? Amen. It says in John chapter 7, we're going to go to verses 37 through 39, very familiar portion of Scripture. And it says on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Christ was not yet glorified. Can we bow our heads? Lord, we just thank you for this place of worship and the songs that have ignited our hearts tonight. We ask that you bless the word and may we each receive into our spirit this word and apply it to our walk in you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. I just feel electricity in here tonight. I, You know, faith has touched heaven, and I believe that God is going to do something miraculous. Amen. In this portion of Scripture, we find a text brought to us right from the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the three annual feasts commanded by God to observe in Israel. Water was poured out daily at the altar to remind Israel of God's miraculous provision by providing those thirsty Israelites in the wilderness. And it was also a time of thanksgiving because Israel in type had already finished gathering in her crops. The Feast of Tabernacles commemorated Israel's coming out of Egypt as they dwelt in booths or tents. And it was on the last day of the feast that Jesus stood up and cried, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
And he spoke concerning the spirit that would come and that those who believed in him would receive after his glorification. But Jesus' invitation, it is bold. It boldly captures the attentions of those that are attending the feast, stating that he would satisfy the thirst in the inner man. It would flow out from the heart like rivers of living, life-giving water, which compares earthly H2O to spiritual water, which gives eternal life. Therefore, it is never-ending and is always flowing from the wellspring of the Holy Ghost. I don't care what you may go through. You can tap into the Lord at any time. And you can feel the release. You can feel the peace and the joy. Because you have this artesian well springing up inside of you. If you will just remember to begin to call on the name of the Lord and speak in that heavenly language. Before you know it, you're on the other side of your trouble. And things don't look so bad. Can I get an amen? Praise him tonight. The Greek definition for the word rivers means the water stays in perpetual motion. And the abundance of the flow is a never-ending supply of water. It is constantly in motion. It is constantly moving. It's never stagnant. Jesus himself said he would provide spiritual blessings and that the water of the Spirit would flow into the hearts of men along with an overflow. He didn't give you the Holy Ghost just to speak in tongues one time. There is a river that's flowing inside of you, and there should be an overflow when you walk with the Lord. You're not stagnant. you got more, amen, than what you realize tonight. But I have to ask, are you thirsty? I'm thirsty for God tonight. Every day I'm thirsty. God, speak to me. Lord, stir up this inner man, Lord God. Don't ever let me get complacent. Praise him. Hallelujah. He said that he would provide spiritual blessings and that the water of the Spirit would flow into our hearts abundantly and that it would not only refresh, but it would replenish us. Sometimes we say, oh, I just feel so dry. Well, get a hold of God, and he's going to fill you up, and you're going to overflow before you know it. He is a replenisher. The Spirit of God is everywhere in his people. Sometimes we forget what we possess. Amen. It would be a well of water springing up into eternal life, according to John 4.14. And this spiritual flow would also wash away the opposition of doubt and fears. Its flow would be both plentiful and constant like a river. And his requirement to attain this living water was if any man thirst, let him come. Do you remember when you were thirsting for the Holy Ghost? Do you remember when you were praying at the altar and you weren't going to leave until you got what you came for? 
There was something being stirred inside of you that says, I gotta have it. I don't want to live without it anymore. And that's that river that he is talking about when he was so bold to stand up amongst all those people at the Feast of Tabernacles and tell them, look, I've got water. If you will drink it, it will be satisfying all the way into eternal life. But the thing is, you've got to drink. You've got to be thirsty enough to pursue the one that provides the water. Praise him. It's flow. It's going to be plentiful. It's constant. If any man thirsts, it challenged those at the Feast of Tabernacles to believe and receive the abundant flow of life-giving water of the Holy Ghost he offered. And it still applies today. And if it's not flowing inside of you, you can make a decision to receive it tonight and have what he said you would have. How long has it been since you touched God and you felt like you had a good old time praying unto the Lord and that he just shook you and he made you quake on the inside out because you got a hold of God and God began to pour out of you things that had been hindering your walk and when you got up, you were free. You were light because that river was flowing through you. It's not stagnant water. It's refreshing water. It is water that purifies Hallelujah. And he offers it to us. We have to make the decision to receive it, to drink it. And I want you to know tonight that this statement by the Lord is more than just rhetoric because Jesus is talking about a permanent transformation to the life of every believer. I'm so glad I found Pentecost. I had searched high and low for something I could take with me outside of church and its four walls. I went to a Nazareth church. I went to a Methodist church. I went to Baptist. I went to Cat. I was searching for the Lord. I was so thirsty for his spirit until I came into a Pentecostal church. And he filled me with the wonderful flow of his spirit. And I've never been the same. Jesus never spoke about a barely make it theology. Hallelujah. His anaglas language, he states he would give you spiritual waters that spring up into everlasting life. When the Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water, her physical water had run out and she had to return to the well just to get more. But Jesus meets her there, and he offered the woman water that would never run out. And it would be in her a well of water springing up. And it means that it's going to keep you when you have it. The term springing up means a continuous active flow as an artesian well that runs for years without stopping due to the underground pressure behind the flow. Ooh, it's a bubbling. Remember that old song we used to sing? It's a bubbling, it's a bubbling, it's a bubbling in my soul. I feel it. And I don't know the rest, but anyway, I remember the chorus. It's a bubbling. That artesian well is bubbling inside of me. 
may not know this, but Georgia has its own artesian well that's been flowing for at least 137 years since it was discovered in Brunswick in 1885. Brunswick artesian well is fed from a large underground aquifer that is like an enormous underground lake filled with fresh, clean, pure water. The water lever of this Aquifier is maintained by rain that saturates the ground and it's filtered through the earth and deposited deep underground. The pressure from the rainwater trying to find a way to release itself is settled underground and it causes the aquifer, the aquifer, to force the overflow out through the opening in the earth's surface. And it creates an artesian well. And Jesus offered the woman at the well the same thing. Something so deep inside that God is just looking for a vessel to release that water in. Glory to God. And in John's chapter 7, Jesus returns to the same theme. And he stood up and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And I'd have to ask, are you thirsty tonight? Uh, are you tired of the same old, same old? Are you thirsty and do you want to tap into God's mighty flow? All right. I don't ever, ever want to be satisfied. God wants you to be a channel through which the blessings flow. And this is an opportunity for you to believe that God is more than you ever had before. If you will tap into the source, uh, the power of God himself, and that water that is desirous to move in and through you. Hallelujah. It means God has big ideas, bigger things in store for you and me if we'll just drink from the fountain that is so accessible to us. If you are thirsty for more, your flow will not be standing water like the dead end of the Dead Sea where everything accumulates and it stagnates. I've been to the Dead Sea several times, actually, and it's nothing but desert. And then you have this pool of water that goes nowhere. It doesn't move. It is heavily uh, filled with minerals and chemicals, and people will go and just lay in that water. I didn't, just to keep the record straight, no. <laughs> I was holy in Israel, just like I'm holy here. <laughs> but it just astounded me that people were just drawn to this place. And I know that it does have medicinal purposes. However, it's stagnant. It doesn't move. It's like the glass that you see. There's just nothing. Even when you splash, it doesn't splash. It's so heavy. But if you thirst for more, your spirit will never be like the end of the Dead Sea. But God's spirit will continually, through you, flow. And it will flow out of you with anointing and power. We want the power, but we don't want to pray. We want the overflow, but we want to, don't want to do anything to, to drink so that we can be satisfied and God use us for more. Amen? Amen. Scripture says, out of your belly shall flow rivers, not small dribbles, not little creeks, but rivers of living water. It's plural. It's not just one. It's more than one, at least two, if not more. 
and we can tap into that. Rivers, it means an abundant supply as if it were supplied by a source. Many rivers that were converging all together in one great never-ending supply of water. Overflowing, continuously running, inviting you to come and drink from the cool waters in this well of life. Listen, none of us are supposed to just be operating in a spiritual survivor mode. Uh, we don't need to come to the church and do a little bit of praising and do a little bit of shout and say, well, I'm satisfied. That's not what God intended. He said you could have so much more. He said that we could have excess and abundance and that we would be overflowing with his presence. None of us should just be trying to make it from one service to the next or surviving on just enough of Jesus to say you've been to church. My God. How do you answer people? Where have you been today? Oh, I've been to church. Girl, I have been to church, and what a word. Lord, that music, oh, I tell you what, people were shouting and that because something is bubbling up inside of me, and I can't wait to share what God has given me and you. And I want other people to know that they can drink from the same well that you and I at the Church of Columbus are drinking from. It's living. It's active. God's power and spirit are in continuous motion. Jesus said there would be rivers. He was talking about volume. He was talking about abundance. And that says you should expect more from God. He is not a stingy God. If he was, there would only be one gift of the spirit. If there was, there wouldn't be any attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. He's not a stingy God. He wants to touch every area of our life. Because when God does something, he does it in abundance. He does it to overflowing. He exceeds. Hallelujah. More than what we can ask or think. Are you thirsty tonight? The New Testament church had a deep faith and assurance as rivers of his spirit flowed through each of them. Everywhere the apostles went, they anticipated the Lord would work through them, working miracles and confirming the word with signs following. That's what the word says. The Holy Spirit flowed like rivers through them as the apostles pursued more and more of God. They didn't just walk around with their thumbs in their jacket saying, I'm an apostle. They exemplified the love of Jesus Christ that flowed through them. And they exemplified the spirit of almighty God. They walked in faith. They spoke in faith. They acted, amen, miraculously at the hand of God because God was flowing through them. They were so powerful walking in the Holy Ghost and God's purpose for their life that even Peter's shadow healed those that lay down along the path. Overflow. More. Abundantly more. Not just enough to get by. Because when God gives us the Holy Ghost, there is going to be an overflow for us to touch the lives of others. Isn't that right, Sister Anderson? Amen. Witnessing to Tirsa Griffin. And she'd been faithful and come and baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost because somebody let that water overflow in their life and it touched somebody else. The Spirit flowed through them. After baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip was caught away by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Ethiopian eunuch is still in the water wondering where in the world did Philip go? Because God had carried him away. He had more things for him to do. He wasn't going to be satisfied. He wanted more of God, and he was going to go wherever God would take him. They raised the dead, and believers cast out demons, and clusters of miracles happened with many signs and wonders because of what flowed in them and out of them. Do you know that the source of the Nile River begins at Lake Victoria in Uganda from middle Africa? through the Sudan, and this is one of the few rivers in, on the earth, actually, that flows up. It flows up. Amen. And uh, I was reading a little bit about this, and, and it flows up north from middle Africa through Sudan, the desert, into Egypt, and then it is deposited into the Mediterranean Sea. 4,100 miles of river, and it takes three months from Uganda to get to the Mediterranean. What a river. And just as the Nile has one estuary, a river mouth, Jesus is your only source of supply for those spiritual rivers. And he wants you to have more of his spirit than you do now and operate in super abundance. In Exodus 17, the children of Israel had left Egypt during the initial trek to the promised land. And they became thirsty. There was about 2.5 million Jews or more, or between 2 to 5 million Jews, actually. And uh, they became thirsty, and they began to complain because there was no water for them, their children, or the livestock that left with them out of Egypt. And I want you to pay close attention to this. God instructed Moses to take his rod and the elders and to go to Horeb. And he said that he would go before them and stand upon the rock, and that as Moses smote the rock, water would pour out. How many of you realize that the Lord stood upon that rock? Hallelujah. God demonstrated to the doubting Israelites that he is a divine provider. There came enough water from the rock to supply two to five million Israelites, their children, their cattle, their livestock, and it satisfied each and every one of them. It was not happenstance. The source is Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us, for they drank that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, and that's in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. Glory to God. That rock, that supply, that source was none other than Jesus Christ. He is that living water and proved it when Moses smote the rock. Exodus 17, verses 5 and 6. And what is so encouraging tonight is that this is a universal call to come to the rock, to come to Jesus Christ and drink freely from his free-flowing spirit of salvation. Oh, God, hallelujah. You know, God wants to give you and want you to have great quantities and more than enough. And when you come to Jesus to drink, you just don't get a little sip. You get a well. You get a well. Buddha can't do that. Muhammad can't do that. But my God can do that. 
this source is so great that his spirit pours forth from a raging river of supplies. We could all drink and we could drink all night and that source would continue to flow because it's more than enough. It doesn't matter if you drink a gallon, Sister Shepherd, or brother, you drink two or three. There's always going to be enough when you are in Christ. There are always be an abundance because when you trust God, he can do the impossible. Glory. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, as many of us have tonight, you get Jesus. You get the river maker living inside of you. And you'll never have to search again for the source of satisfaction to your soul because you'll find it. You have possessed it. Hallelujah. This water enters the innermost part of your being and it comes by the word of God. It goes into the ears according to Romans 10, 17. And then the heart reacts and starts believing what it has heard. And as the heart begins to open to the spirit, this spiritual water begins to flow up and out of your innermost being like an artesian well. It flows through channels and substreams. It proceeds down to the fruit of the Spirit and into those tributaries flowing over to the nine gifts of the Spirit with an overflow. God won't use you just one time. He'll continue to use them as long as you're flowing in the Spirit. Can we give God a hand clap tonight? All the miracles in the book of Acts happened through human beings who were bursting with the anointing of the Spirit of God with superabundance. But if it's not in you and it's not flowing in you like you would desire, then something is impeding your flow. Something is stopping those rivers from flowing and you need to find out what it is. Amen? Well, what if it's sin, Sister Rich? Well, identify it. Repent and get rid of it. Let the river flow. You've got to do something about it. You cannot remain stagnant. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on all the blessings that God desires to pour out upon each and every one of you. You must find the cause and unstop the impediments because spiritual beavers are slowing the flow. They're building dams of doubt and worldliness of sin, and they are preventing a powerful move of God, His Spirit, in you and through you. Mm-mm-mm. Did you know that according to an article in the Greater Yellowstone Resource Guide that beavers hate the sound of running water? I know, I really studied this lesson. (laughs) And I thought to myself, can that really be true? But they said that it makes them think that when they hear running water that there's a leak in the dam. Isn't that what beavers do? They build dams. They're they're great to our ecosystem. Amen. They're a blessing. But anyway, when they hear the sound of running water, it makes them think that there's a leak in the dam. And if beavers hear water running somewhere, they're going to work day and night to stop the leak. Now, a scientist has proved this. What he did was he got a speaker and he put it out near the dam where a couple of beavers were. And when he came back the next day, he just played that water. 
the beavers had covered up the speaker. And he said, now, what if I, what if I put a pipe of water in here and I get another speaker and let's see if they will clog the pipe up and leave the speaker alone. But they didn't. They didn't bother the soft running water that flowed. But they buried the speaker again. They built another dam around it. They were trying to shut out the noise of the running water. Amen. I thought, wow, I can use that. <laughs> but they worked day and night to stop it up, to stop the sound. They're like the enemy who also hates the sound of running water because he knows it represents the Spirit's flow, which exposes and reveals his operation against the saints of God. If you're not feeling the Spirit, I guarantee you Satan is hot on your trail. And you better stop what you're doing and find a place where you can begin to let those rivers flow one more time. God has put into the church everything that it will ever need, and you can access this anointing if you become the kind of channel that is completely open to the move of God through your life. Let it flow. Woo, hallelujah. How many of you want to let it flow? Glory. This water is never in short supply, and it's always accompanied by God's supernatural reserves. He is your source when things go awry. When I was visiting Israel uh, a couple of years back now, I've been several times, the uh, place that I was associated with, they are called Pilgrim's Tour. Anyway, Pilgrim's Tour Company took us to a place called Hezekiah's Tunnel. And as you enter the tunnel, it becomes a stream to wade through under the city of Jerusalem. This is the river that is said that made glad the city of God in Psalms 46 and 4 because Jerusalem had a secret water supply the enemy didn't know anything about. If you recall, Hezekiah was being sieged. And they had blocked off all the exit and entrance to the city. And they were trying to starve them out and trying to cover the well so they had nothing to drink. But they didn't realize that they had a secret source. Glory. Hezekiah and his people survived because of the secret reservoir that kept them during this long siege. And those who have been filled with the Holy Ghost also have this special spiritual reservoir inside of them when they are besieged by the enemy. Use it. Drink it. Because God wants it to flow. He is the reservoir that each and every one of us need. He's the source. He is the supply. He is abundant and overflowing. No matter what he does, God always exceeds abundantly above what we ask or think. And this is just a wonderful example of his ability to do the impossible. If any man is thirsty, the Bible says, let him drink. The waters of the Holy Spirit can flow from deep inside of you. Those waters are cool. They're refreshing and satisfying. Oh, my Lord, I can't tell you how many times I've come over here to pray, being burdened. But by the time I left, I was singing. I was happy. I was joyful because my God was working on this situation at hand. And I cast my care upon him because when you got the flow, you know who to go to. When he's your source, there is nothing else that will take his place. They're cool, they're refreshing, and they will keep you 
during times of trials and trouble. And like that rock that followed the children of Israel in the wilderness, this rock will never fail to revive you. It will never fail to satisfy your thirst and give you the power you need over the enemy. It will not fail. God never fails. You may not have realized its availability, but it's there. It's there. I'm not sipping any longer. I'm going to get me a gallon jug, and I'm going to bring it when I pray and seek the Lord, and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to ask him to fill it to overflowing capacity, and I'm going to go in that anointing and in that power and in that abundance. Glory. There are some here tonight that have just been sipping the Holy Ghost instead of drinking deep and long from its waters. God wants to deposit within you not just enough Holy Ghost to keep you. That was not his intent. But enough to overflow into the lives of someone else you touch as you become a supplier for others to receive from. When Peter and John entered the temple at the hour of prayer, they encountered a lame man in Acts 3, verse 6. Peter told the lame man that he did not have any silver or gold, but he would share with him what he had. Isn't that what the scripture said? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. What was he giving him? The overflow. The overflow of God's love and abundance. Woo, hallelujah. He shared with him what he had. And he commanded him to rise and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And guess what? He jumped up again to leap and praise God. Oh, would it be to God that we would feel like that tonight? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The overflowing spiritual power that lived inside of Peter was not diminished when he shared it with the lame man. But Peter became the aquifier of God's Holy Spirit that would never run dry. Can we stand tonight? How many of you feel like the Lord is speaking to you tonight? No? Is the Lord speaking to anybody tonight? Mm. If you want to tap into the artesian well of this living water, Stand with me in spirit. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God that he would fulfill that desire in you for more right now, tonight. As you bow your heads and raise your hands, let's go to the Lord and pray. How many of you want the overflow? Oh, I've just been existing. I come to church, God, and oh, I shove a little bit. But God, my Wednesday, I'm so dry. God, I want more of you. Lord, we pray for those that are here tonight to be filled and overflowing with the powerful spirit of Almighty God. Lord, let each here become an instrument to transform the lives of others and bring hope to the hopeless and healing to the hurting. Lord, we raise our hands and our hearts tonight and we're asking you, God, to fill us now to overflowing capacity as we tap into your spirit. Lord, 
I've been satisfied, but no longer. You're being, you're stirring me, God, and I want to drink. I want to have what your word says I can have. I want to be the vessel you want me to be. And as they sing, if you would like to come to the altar, we're going to have some of our ministers come, and we're going to pray for you and with you. We're going to stand in agreement, and we're going to touch God and ask Him to do exactly what you desire Him to do.